Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 485. It's that time again. Welcome to our annual Slow Flowers Holiday Music Special. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Our first sponsor thank you goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield-gardens.com. I'm so happy today to bring you an audio gift of music. Please enjoy my conversation with Bozeman, Montana-based Remy Bro, who with her husband and partner Fred Bro owned the contemporary floral boutique called La Bellum. The couple originally met through music and formed a singer-songwriting duo called Nest of Seven when they lived and worked in Los Angeles. I'll chat with Remy about how music has influenced her path, how she has taken a long hiatus away from music, and how she's finding her way back to that music. We'll hear three songs from Remy and Fred's album, In the Valley of the Red Sparrow, and we'll talk about lots more. Let's jump right in and get started. You'll see more photos of this multi-talented creative individual and find a link to our interview from earlier this year, all in the show notes for episode 485 at deborahprincing.com. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and we are celebrating the holidays, and this is our maybe fifth or sixth holiday music special. Um, I try to have it once a year where I showcase a Slow Flowers member who is also super talented in music, and I'm so excited to introduce Remy Bro of Labellum in Bozeman, Montana. Hi, Deborah. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you, Remy? Good. Thank you. Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I, well, I have to confess, you were a guest of the podcast. Uh, I think it was back in June. We were kind of talking about coping with COVID and all this sort of draggy things that were facing uh, florists like you. And you have a retail flower shop, uh, which is a beautiful shop. I can't wait to visit. I've just been lurking on social media, looking at photos of it. Um <laughs> And somehow you told me about your background in music, and I I thought to myself, oh, I got to get her back on to to share that music. So, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I can't believe that was already back in June. This I year's know. been kind of a whirlwind blur. What happened to twenty twenty? Yeah, bye bye twenty twenty. 
Absolutely. Well, this is going to run um, air on December 23rd and getting us all in a festive mood. Not that this is Christmas music or anything, but just... This is not Christmas music. But it's, it's beautiful music and it's showing another side of a, of a floral artist. So first of all, give us a snapshot of Labellum just so we can bring people back up to speed. I'll also put a, a link to the podcast that we did from earlier this year so people can hear your full, full story. But how are things going with Labellum and what's the status right now? Well, right now we are we are in the, the holiday swing. Um, I have seen a major shift since Thanksgiving, actually, since people aren't able to travel and go other places for the holidays, that they've been focusing more on their own homes for decorations, wreaths, tablescapes. Uh, so we've actually been able to stay pretty steady uh, through Thanksgiving up until now. Mm-hmm. And it's also been a great way for people to send gifts to loved ones that they aren't going to see. So, you know, Merry Christmas, Grandma. Here's, you know, a wreath for your door, Uncle Tom. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's been, you know, pretty awesome to be able to, you know, be a part of everyone's holiday celebrations still. So uh, orders from outside Bozeman are coming in from relatives who want to send gifts to their their relatives who live in in your town. Yes. Wow. And then everyone who isn't traveling to other places like California shut down and New York shutting down. So we have a lot of people that have family on East and West Coast. So they're staying here. Mm-hmm. I, I think probably by the end of next week, we'll have made about 100 wreaths. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's definitely people are being a little more festive, trying to make themselves feel good this year. Yeah, I, I sense that too. And I think that's that's nice for kind of what would normally, I mean, holidays, obviously, you're probably busy because you have a beautiful, um, you merchandise your store with gifts and botanical items. And it's not just cut flowers, plants. Um, but winter in general is probably kind of the quiet season. Yeah, it's, it's usually a little downtime. Uh, when I opened up the shop, I decided I had worked so many Christmases and New Year's Eves and not spent that with family that I actually closed Christmas through New Year's now. It's been something that we've done since we've opened, and uh, it's been the most rejuvenating time for me oh, to bet. be able to have that time with family or without family and just you know remove myself from work. Um, this January is always Valentine's prep time. So even though it seems like we're slow in the shop, it's all the pre-ordering and pre-prep for Valentine's. That's funny because before we got on the on the podcast, I thought I better just go check out La Bella on Instagram. And I scrolled all the way back through the year. Um, <laughs> I could actually mark the calendar of a lot of events by seeing what you posted. And um, totally. <laughs> but I got back to January 1st and, it, and like, I swear you started talking about Valentine's Day right away, because I guess it was really just messaging your, your clients, like, you know, like, uh, you know, getting them prepared, getting them thinking about what was available, and hopefully ordering early, <laughs> because. Oh, yeah, that, that's always the, the biggest, you know, concern is knowing, I think with any, you know, any retail, you know, brick and mortar shop for Valentine's, what are you going to get? Who's going to call you? What day of the week does Valentine's land on? Um, and typically our customers are male and no mm-hmm. offense out there, guys, but you're usually really last minute. So, you know, they call, you know, the afternoon of Valentine's and they want something awesome. And I just have a f- couple stems left in the cooler. So yeah, you know, pre-order, pre-order. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Who got the giant armload of 
burgundy kind of blood red anthurium that you were holding in that one photo. That oh, was insane. Wasn't that stunning? That wasn't that an arrangement. Broke up. That broke up into a few different arrangements. <laughs> But it just, when I was putting them all before they were getting ready to go into a vase so I could hydrate them, it looked so pretty. It was like, oh my gosh, this looks so delicious. I bring that up because it is kind of reflective of your style. I mean, you're smack in the middle of, uh, you know, Montana, high desert, you know, not a lot is growing available locally in February. So you bring in these sort of groovy surprises that, I don't know, kind of change things up and, and also change pe what people think is traditional Valentine's Day, I'm sure. I mean, I'm just picking that as an example. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's still really white and snowy here in February. So it's probably one of our coldest months of the year. So having things that are colorful, tropical, a little bit out of the spectrum that people are expecting um, help to make all of those Valentine's you know treats a little more unique and, and special. Yeah. Yeah. It's also sort of your signature. I feel like you're, you're contemporary in your, in your interpretation of, um, you know, any arrangement that you're asked to make. It's not, there's no traditional kind of expect what you would expect. And I, I love that about your style. Thank you. I, I try, I try to keep moving past what I've learned and past what we've always seen um, without going too modern yeah. and without staying too traditional, I think classical mm -hmm. with, with a little, you know, whimsy yeah. and curiosity is the best direction. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, let's talk about music. How did music um, influence your life and, and how did it um, shape your life before flowers? Well, I think most musicians in general would say that music was always a part of your life. Um, and moving through music, I really, you know, had hoped as I think also many musicians do that you'll one day have this beautiful career as being a musician and you'll be able to do your music and life will be amazing. You'll be in a rock band or you'll be leading an orchestra or whatever direction path you saw for yourself. And, uh, halfway through my junior year of college, um, I was starting to realize that, uh, I maybe needed to go into a more focused, get life started direction. I was intern. I was interning at Philip Glass's Looking Glass Studio in New York City. Wow! And and I was like, well, this is this is great. I'm making coffee pots. I'm emptying trash cans. I'm dubbing <laughs> tapes. I'm cleaning heads on you know speakers and tape recorders. But this isn't making my music. Mm. This isn't allowing me to create. Mm -hmm. So I took that step and left and started realizing that wow, now I need a job because musicians need a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Instruments are expensive. <laughs> if you get to that point when you're in a band or you're recording sessions and recording sessions cost a lot of money. Back in the day, we were still recording on tape and CD. So we had to produce all that, you know, product. So Musicians get a bad rap. We're called like slackers and, you know, you know, oh, they, they never get their act together. Well, because we spend all of our money on our music. Right. Right. Uh, so it's the creative, our, it's that creative urge, right? Definitely. You know, but flowers, I was able to get a little flower shop job in a local neighborhood flower shop. And where and was that? Was it in New York or back in LA? That was in New York. Oh, New yeah, York. that was okay. in New York. 
Um, and when I was, you know, ready to move on, I actually, before I moved to Los Angeles, I did like a nine month stint in Austin, Texas, another big music hub of the country. Yeah. Um, you weren't quite ready. You were still kind of keeping both your feet in both worlds then. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. Austin isn't for me either. Let, let, let's head out West. Let's go to California. And, um, then, you know, I met my husband there and we started a band. Um, we've gone through many names. Nest of Seven is actually the last one we've landed on, but <laughs> we so, had other band members and then we just became a duo. So it's um, you and Fred yes. and Fred Bro is, is also his last name. And uh, you guys met in LA and were we you did. in music at the time or did you just find so much joy in another musician that you just together thought, let's make music? Yeah, we were both in a little a little break in between groups and music. I think we both actually wound up being in a little slump, mm-hmm. um, musical slump. And when we met each other, literally, we'd go to work. We would meet up at probably 7 o'clock at night and write and record music until like 4 in the morning. We'd crash and then wake up and go to work the next morning. Wow. So that was like a cycle of about six months. And we put out this like huge wave of some good and some not so good, you know, music. And we just had this like kind of inspirational electricity from the start. Wow. And you, and you said eventually the, your duo, you called nest of seven. Yes. And what period was this like in the early two thousands or. This was probably early two thousands. Um, we, we met right pretty much at Y2K Mm. and, um, we had another, another person in the band and he, he quickly left and we, we seemed to put out an album and change the band name every single time because it <laughs> seemed like our identity and, and who we were per, per expression was different. You know, so <laughs> we have music under all these different names. We, we, we put music on, uh, on an independent film um, short that was in the Deauville Festival and I think it was just our names. So it, it got to be really confusing. And we finally just like settled on Nest of Seven and we're just, we're sticking with it. Okay. So, <laughs> so what inspired that name? Uh, well, you know, the world is about 7 billion people, but our earth is kind of our nest. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we live here, we are hatched here, we create here. So that, that's kind of where Mm. That thought process. That's a beautiful from. metaphor. Yeah. So, how did you guys uh, songwrite together? Uh, did are you do you both play instruments, or is one of you more the lyricist and the other the kind of the the songwriter? How does that all come together? It it's really a good 50-50 partnership. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, like Fred will be noodling on the guitar, and he'll come up with like some really nice chord progressions, and then I'll start humming a little tune, and then we're like, okay, this is kind of cool, and so we work on that, and maybe lyrics will come, you know, a few months later after we get like a really fun kind of melody and vibe to it. As you can tell, our, our music is a little more experimental and and loose maybe more actually like my flower design. So we don't necessarily <laughs> follow, follow like a, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, <laughs> put it on the radio pop song, but um, <laughs> it, it always has a flow. Well, let's hear one of the songs. Which one should we listen to first? Um, well, you can put the title track of the last album there, um, Victory Day. 
Okay. Great. We'll play Victory Day for everybody. Just tee it tee it up for us, uh, Remy. What is the, what is what's the I don't know, the message of this song or what what spoke to you when you when you and Fred wrote this? I think it's most important um to let people get their own interpretation from songs. Okay. Lyrics lyrics and and words and music overall express so many things the way you hear them. Yes. So I, I never like telling somebody that this is what you got to think. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate that. We'll go ahead and listen to it and then we'll come back and keep the conversation going.
Okay, thank you so much. I loved listening to that. Uh, put me in a kind of uh, contemplative, happy place. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I think there's something for for. I'm not a musician. I have musicians in my family, but I feel like when you know the artist, it changes the experience. And I suppose it's just like when we know the flower farmer or the florist who's creating something in a vase, it has a deeper meaning. So. I love that. Yeah. So hearing your voice just talking about being a musician and then hearing your music, uh, I appreciate it so much more. Thank you. Yeah. So walk us through the kind of the journey. Once you had Nest of Seven and uh, you and Fred were making music together, but you also were still working in floristry at the time, right? I was working crazy hours, um, probably like 70, maybe 75 hours a week. <sighs> In, in Los Angeles. I remember and, in the last podcast you talked about this was like a giant production uh, event studio or company, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it was huge. And, you know, we were doing those really big wall-to-wall, you know, floral installation events. And it was definitely encroaching on my creative space. And uh, one of our uh, DJ musician friends in Los Angeles he, he approached us and said that he would like to manage us, um, but we had to do this and this, and it was going to cost this. And he wanted to bring in a third member to our group and, you know, then start us touring. And so that was going to be a really, it was kind of a pivotal decision time for us. If we were going to kind of drop, you know, our day-to-day work and actually really try to push the music into, you know, a different kind of orbit. And uh, so we decided to move to Bozeman, Montana. And <laughs> the third path. So that was like the unexpected third option then. Um, and that is you, you stay in LA, go out on the road or go to Bozeman. How did that happen? Yeah, you know, we we spun the map, chose a location and we decided we needed a, a new direction, a new creative space. And uh, yeah, we moved up here to to Montana. We've taken a big hiatus. I guess it's almost 10 years now from recording and from writing. And uh, we're just now probably getting into that space again to to start back up. Wow. It's been 10 years. Yeah. I, re- I was reading that also on your, uh, when I went back to spend time on your website that you are almost coming up on your 10 year anniversary, right? Yes. Well, the 10 year anniversary of Labellum will be this March. Wow. I'm so excited and kind of blown away. That's amazing. Well, let's hear another song. I, I love this uh, song titled Red Sparrow, which translates as Siafalo. Is that in Spanish or in Italian? That's in our own made up language. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> okay, we're going to hear this song and. Um, will everybody will take their own beautiful interpretation from it. Anything else you want to say about it? Um, Siafalo is, is definitely a space to kind of follow the, the flight and the little maybe day in a life of the Red Sparrow. Thank you. 
that was fun. I, I, it's really, um, it's really a mystery to me to think about how songs come together. And especially when you describe your more experimental style, it's, it's a very organic process, it seems. Like it just, there's not a, a template that you follow. Wait, there's no template for sure. Like with Siofalo, the song we just heard, um, I don't think we really liked how the vocal track was coming out. So we actually reversed it. That's the words and the vocals that you're hearing is actually everything backwards. No way. So I then learned how to sing those words backwards so that <laughs> if we ever did want to perform that, I can sing along just as if it was forwards. Oh, how mystical. <laughs> that is, it could be a whole language. Oh, I love that. It's almost like Elvish. Yes, exactly. Some some secret language. Yes. Uh, so so catch us up to now. You said you're thinking about making music again. And um, what what instruments do you play? And what and you said Fred plays the guitar. Uh, yeah. Do you just uh, sit Fred down and plays, kind of play for each other? Uh, we do. You know, we we have instruments kind of all around our living space. So it, it's easy to pick up a guitar or a, or a clicker or a clacker or marimba, anything you want, and kind of you know, make a little tune, you know, whenever. Um, Fred plays guitar and bass. He's an amazing percussionist. Um, he's an awesome vocalist. Um, and uh, I play harp and keyboards and I sing. So we, we kind of have a lot of different fun things we yeah. can play in. And instruments we don't even play, we still keep around. And sometimes you want to have those, you know, sounds in there. Like we have a cello and, you know, a violin. And I mean, I, I took like six months of violin. That was not a good direction <laughs> for me, but it's sometimes you want that fun sound for something. So wow. yeah. it sounds so layered. Like you keep, you maybe add little uh, musical, I don't know, accents or details to a composition and you Just have like, all... like adding an anthurium to an arrangement and <laughs> right. someone's not expecting it, right? Right. It's, well, it's that same sort of thing. Especially if you have all this, <laughs> these instruments laying around, you can kind of, you have your your um, inspiration to just add, create a sound. And and you must hear, every, your head must be full of of musical thoughts, like, or little effects that that just come dancing through your brain as you're going through the day. Uh, probably sometimes too much so. <laughs> Remy, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't cut you up. Remy, what uh, music? What music do you guys play in the shop uh, when you're designing? You must well, have a right great now, soundtrack. Yeah, right now it's a lot of holiday music. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to like the more classical '40s, '50s, and '60s vintage style Christmas tunes. Um, and then, yeah, I, I go off of my vibe at the moment. Um, I've loaded up a ton of, you know, music onto the computer and made playlists and then always fall back onto Pandora when I get sick of that. Yeah. I, I can't listen to the same things often. So it's a lot of switching. Oh, wow. I Maybe I should commission you to make a playlist for 2021 that we can share oh, with everybody. I love that. Would you do that? Totally. That'd be really fun. Oh, my God. We so need that. Okay, well that that uh, no pressure, but maybe maybe during that week, <laughs> that one week break, <laughs> you can come up with a, sound, a playlist for us. Is awesome. there a, is there a rule like uh, what is a playlist? Is it supposed to represent side A and side B of an album, or like a certain number of songs, or is it just whatever moves you? 
I think it's whatever moves you. Now with this digital platform, we don't have to, you know, make sure that that song fits the end of that tape perfectly before it clicks off. You know, we have kind of a lot of freedom with that. So why, you know, get caught in like, okay, you can only put 20 songs because that's what would fit on a record. God, you know, that yeah. So reminds me, that so reminds me of my brother and his uh, cassette his gift cassettes he would give all of us with his favorite music. I have but to it, say. It was a gift. It was. It was a labor of love, and I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because my brother Scott and Chris, his wife Chris were my musical guests on the podcast a few years ago, and they are musicians in Billings, Montana. I hope you guys can meet oh, someday. Cool. Yes. But my brother used to give my boys, when they were little, a, a cassette of okay, so let's say my son turned ten. My brother would make a, a complete cassette of all the music that he listened to when he was ten, and like then he would do it when they were sixteen or whatever. And it was just like my kids. I don't think they ever appreciated it until they got older, like how special that was. But it was sort of oh, like a walk through music history. That's an amazing collection. I hope they still have those. I tapes. think they're in a box in the garage. We better dig them oh, up. Oh, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, we're, we have one more song to listen to, and it's called Release. And um, let's go ahead and jump in, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish up the podcast. Does that sound good? Thanks. Awesome. Here's Release. Thank you. 
Okay, Remy, thank you so much for sharing your talent with us. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, When you do take a break from floristry and start entering music again, do you think it'll be with a different goal, maybe more for yourself and less about performing or recording? Or what, what shape do you think it'll take? Well... First off, I'd like to say that I won't be taking a break from floristry. No this way. Be, There's no, no one yeah. will let you. <laughs> <laughs> it, this will be on, on free time, nighttime hours, uh, back to the, the old grind. Um, music was always for us. It wasn't necessarily for somebody else. We didn't go into recording or writing as, as an idea of, production or sale. Mm-hmm. It was always kind of what came out of us. And if someone dug it and they wanted to buy a CD, that was cool. But it, it was always something that we just had to express. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I like also the fact that um, you have built this beautiful business called La Bellum, and that is really your current art form, but it's also supporting you. And um, even with COVID, I feel like you probably have a deeper appreciation for your business than ever before because you you've been so rooted in your own garden and your hometown. You you know, this is this is the life you've built. 100%. I I feel so blessed and lucky to be able to have still been open most of this COVID time, be able to have sent love from other people in the form of flowers to, to help them get through this COVID time. That, that's been, I think, the most profound of, of my job experience. Um, you know, a lot of people have been doing Zoom calls. You're my first Zoom call. You know, I, I, I've been still working with flowers and, and I've been getting phone calls from people saying, thank you so much. Mm. This changed my whole day. Um, one lady was in uh, a shutdown uh, senior care facility. Um, she was on quarantine, even though she hadn't tested positive. And she called me. She's like, I'm going stir crazy. I need flowers. Please help me. The br- brightest, most colorful mix. She's like, it doesn't have to look pretty. I just want every color of the rainbow in that arrangement. <laughs> I'm sure it was pretty. And so we put something together for her. Her brother picked it up. They they by a door she had to pull it in by a long rope you know it was a whole (laughs) big adventure to get it to her oh my goodness we've talked about your future with music do you want to just talk about where you see what's going to happen with your 10th anniversary and what you're hoping to do to celebrate um or is it too early to say (laughs) i think it's too early to say i i want to have this big gorgeous party invite the whole town to come by and say hello i i'm not sure we're going to be able to do that yeah um So I'm trying to kind of play it by ear um, and, you know, if anything, find a way to say thank you to our community, even if it's not in person. So if you have any cool ideas, (laughs) I was thinking, let me know. (laughs) I think that maybe you just make the whole year your 10th anniversary celebration. And that way you can kind of create this crescendo. (laughs) So once everyone finally gets the vaccine or there's a rapid testing or some kind of safer space, maybe next fall, you guys could have a, a big party with some of your music. 
That sounds phenomenal. Probably not with my music, but with lots of flowers. All right. If it's, if it's in the fall and it's safe, I'll come visit you. It'll be really fun to, to Oh my gosh. That. I would love that. Please yeah. do. Yeah. Remy, thank you so much. <laughs> this has been really a wonderful conversation. And I just, I Never, love your- I always love chatting. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think we love, we love the same things, but your spirit is, uh, is very uplifting and inspiring. And I just love the way you've built a business that is fits your lifestyle and that feeds you and, and creates community in, um, in Bozeman and beyond. Cause I know you, you work with flower farmers all around Western Montana and they feel invested in your success too. Well, I hope so. I, I feel invested in them. I love seeing how they're growing, how they're changing, and how how we actually support each other. You know, local supporting local is the best. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, and happy, happy Christmas and New Year. Thank you so much to you two and your family. Okay. Stay healthy, stay safe. Thanks, Remy. Bye. Thank you, Remy, for sharing your musical influences and your floral journey. I wish you a creatively fulfilling 2021. Your music really, really touches my spirit and made me feel so inspired to listen to music more often in my daily practice. By the way, I continue to be on the lookout for musical guests to feature each December. So listeners, if you're a Slow Flowers member with a song to share or even an album, please reach out and let me know. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. Next week on Wednesday, December 30th, the final episode of 2020, I'll share our Slow Flowers Year in Review with you. On the horizon, the first episode of the new year, Wednesday, January 6th, will feature our 2021 Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast. I'm so excited to share both of these reports with you as we say goodbye to 2020 and eagerly anticipate 2021. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 670,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. 2020 has been a challenging year for all of us, and we have continued to deliver fresh, original content to you through the Slow Flowers podcast, week in and week out, since 2013. Not counting all of the time invested in developing the topics, guests, and content, we spend more than $10,000 each year to bring you this award-winning internet radio program. Your financial support can ensure that we continue into 2021 on a healthy momentum. If every listener contributes just $2, those funds would add up quickly to cover our out-of-pocket costs to record, edit, host, and promote the Slow Flowers podcast. Would you consider making a year-end donation? I value your support, and I invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thank you goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases, 
and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one base at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.